It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, everybody, it is another edition of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. So far, no bombs have dropped, but it's only Tuesday. It's only Tuesday, January 12th, as we record this mid-afternoon. Nonetheless, good to have you uh, with us. Coming up in today's show, a two-part interview with my buddy Ben Standig. He does his own Standig Room Only podcast, and he writes and covers the Washington football team for The Athletic. Excellent writer, better person, good friend. Lots of great information to come, but first, some news and headlines from the Washington football team. Um, They cut Sean Dion Hamilton since our last episode. So Sean Dion Hamilton never really fit in with his coaching staff. I'm not exactly sure why. Uh, Ron Rivera didn't seem to like him from the get-go. Uh, when he was asked an analytics question about his pass coverage and training camp, and it did not seem like Ron was all that thrilled about where Sean Dion Hamilton fit in. Um, and that's okay. That happens, right? Scheme changes, certain types of players, certain types of coaches. The bottom line is, is on a unit desperate for help, on a unit that really, really, really needed some sort of boost, and still does, by the way, and needs at least one starter, if not two, depending on uh, how you view Kevin Pierre-Lewis and whether or not he even comes back. Ron cut Sean Dion Hamilton on the first day of the offseason. So that tells you everything you need to know. Uh, Sean Dion Hamilton just never fit in for whatever reason, going from a 3-4 to a 4-3, and even with them being as challenged as they are, just couldn't find a way. Now, I thought he played pretty decently against Carolina before injuring his elbow. Maybe the elbow is part of this. I'm not sure that he was going to you know, be out for a while and he wasn't going to be able to improve. I don't know, but they didn't wave him injured. Uh, So... You know, I, I don't exactly know um, how else to say it other than he just didn't fit here in Ron and Jack Del Rio and Steve Ross, the linebacker coach's mind. Uh, and that was pretty evident by the fact that, again, he did not play until they were so beyond desperate that they went out and got Michael Kendricks, who is being sentenced to prison uh, if there's no delay, uh, uh, I think, tomorrow. You know, I mean, that that's how desperate they were. That's how desperate they were. Uh, the Washington football team also signed the following players to reserve slash future contracts. Defensive tackle David Botta, wide receiver Jeff Badette, defensive back Jordan Brown, wide receiver Tony Brown, a run on Browns, a run on tight ends as well. Dylan Cantrell is a tight end as well. Tyrone Swoops is another tight end. They signed him. Trevor Davis, a wide receiver. Jalen Jelks, a defensive end. Devereaux Lawrence, a defensive tackle. Running back and kick returner, potentially, Javon Leak. Offensive tackle, Rick Leonard. 
as well. Kicker Kare Vedvik, who also uh, can punt and basically was their emergency COVID punt kicker uh, type deal. And running back Jonathan Williams. So a couple of running backs uh, on that list, a couple of tight ends on that list, a couple of wide receivers. So uh, certainly adding some depth, but it's interesting, right? So far, they only uh, kept, in terms of these future deals, one defensive back, Jordan Brown. And they are at least questionable in terms of their depth at corner and safety, especially if Ronald Darby leaves in free agency, which is a possibility. And who knows what Landon Collins is going to be when he returns. So some interesting moves there. By the way, David Botta is the international pathway program through the NFL. Uh, He was imported uh, from uh, London, and he did not count against the roster or the practice squad this year. I'm, I'm not sure if that rule transfers to year two uh, or whether he actually has to count against the 90-man squad. It did not note that. It just said he's entering his second year in the International Pathway Program. So I have to clarify whether or not he will count on the 90 and therefore on the practice squad or therefore on the 53, being that he is still a continuing member of the International Pathway Program. I have to check on that couple of business items uh, that I have to tie up. All right, so that's the news there. Also, Ron Rivera said on 106.7 The Fan with my pal Grant Paulson and Danny Arruye on um, Monday as they switched to afternoon drive that he should have had a true quarterback competition uh, in terms of last offseason, right? Um, Which means that Ron admitted that he made a mistake by not holding an open quarterback competition. The question the 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 the, the interesting thing is he did say over and over and over again it was an open competition. He didn't really hand hand Dwayne Haskins the starting job publicly, but every action was that he did, and that Dwayne was the anointed starter. So it was interesting that Ron kind of revised that. He said, quote, uh, about Dwayne getting cut, or or benched, I should say, in week four. Yeah, I was surprised by the reaction. He said, first of all, I did certain things specifically to try and find out as quick as possible. As I detailed, uh, Dwayne Haskins took every snap with the ones for seven straight weeks in training camp. For four straight weeks of football, he played every snap as the quarterback. And the idea behind that was really to evaluate. We didn't have the normal OTAs in minicamp. We didn't have the normal training camp and preseason game. So there was a lot of unknowns. And getting the exposure I did gave me an opportunity to see what we had at the position. Now I made the move for more reasons than one. Which is, you can interpret that. But also because, as I said... A couple of things that stood out. We had a group of other guys that we had to develop that was important to have them get their chances to grow. And nobody was running away with the division. So I made the decision based on those factors as well. All right, so that is Ron Rivera on quarterback competition, Dwayne Haskins last year, um, or this past training camp, I should say. So that is that situation. Meanwhile... Meanwhile, meanwhile, 
We will take a time out right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast and return with part one of my buddy Ben Standing, again from the Standing Room Only podcast. And as well, he covers the Washington football team for The Athletic. Part one coming straight up right here on LOWFT. All right, guys, I'm Chris Russell. Get in on the action right now at betonline.ag. When you go to betonline.ag and you sign up today for a free account uh, at betonline.ag, you, if you use the promo code Locked On, will get a 50% welcome bonus. That's right. There you go. Use the promo code Locked On, all one word, for a 50% welcome bonus. College football season is now done. The NFL playoffs, another round this week. Four big, big, big games. Who you got? Who you putting some jingle down on? I'll tell you later in the week what I'm going to do. I'm still trying to think and research and investigate. I lost a little bit on Sunday. I was 1-2 and two on Sunday, 2-2 two and two for the weekend overall. I sat out two games because I was late in getting my stuff in, but I went to betonline.ag. I put my money where my mouth is and where my hunches were, my emotional hedges, and you can too. Again, betonline.ag, promo code locked on, 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, it is Chris Russell with you back here on the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. Out to my pal Ben Standing of The Athletic and the Standing Room Only podcast. My guy as we chop it up about the Washington football team. Here's part one. It's my guy, Ben Standing, uh, from The Athletic and as well the Standing Room Only podcast. Hello, Ben. How are you? Um, Chris, I'm good. I, I, I think, I, I don't know if I, I think, I, I think somebody else might have been the original host, but I definitely was the host. Uh, very um, uh irrelevant run there on the locked on uh, well it had a different name then because the team right. had a different name then <laughs> right right and then you passed i think the baton on to nick ashu right uh, is that right. how it worked and then he passed the baton on to me so nevertheless it is good to have you back uh with us um all right so let's get started obviously saturday night did not go ultimately the way washington would have wanted uh in terms of a win or a loss you lose 31-23 to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I don't think anybody is embarrassed by that. How do you process just the game itself and the loss itself and kind of balance the, hey, they weren't expected to win, um, but they had chances to win? Yeah, I mean, it was weird. I mean, so much of every game I've watched this year has been an unusual experience on so many levels because – things you're used to processing don't exist. Like for example, there's no fans. <laughs> so right. the idea of a home field advantage is, is out, is out the window. Um, and that yeah, is a big deal. Like I was standing out there in the first quarter and it was like, the two teams were playing. There's like 50 people 
<laughs> and and like it, it doesn't feel like it's a real game. Obviously, the players played it like it was a real game. Um, and, but but that said, like like obviously they were within one score, you know, 31-23, right? They had a ball mm-hmm. the last two minutes and change with a chance to tie. If I tell you that just in any scenario, that sounds like they're, they're pretty close. And they were on that basic level. Taylor Heineke, obviously the game of his life. Nobody expected anything from him. And so I give him all the, all the credit in the world for that. I, it's just one of those things to me where I feel like no matter what Washington did, Tampa Bay was not going to lose the game. So even though it was close and even though you give Washington credit, like it's defense, you know, the, I mean, Tom Brady did what Tom Brady does. That's not a knock on Washington's defense. It's just the reality that, you know, I, I don't know if they were going to ever be able to stop Tampa. So I, I feel good about what Washington did from a grit standpoint, from a, a resilience standpoint. I think that for me, the whole season from day one was all about building. We The, the culture word has been thrown around so much. It's lost all meaning on some level. But it's all been about getting the, everybody to understand what it means to be a play for a winning team, to play for this organization. I think Ron Rivera has done that in spades. He mentioned it was house money. Couldn't agree more. And th- whatever happened was fine. I just think that ultimately, no matter what had happened, Tampa Bay was going to win that game. And that's not a knock on Washington. I mean, but that's just kind of kind of how I feel. So I give him kudos. But I, I mean, if, I, I'm not sitting here going, oh, they were so close. I'm like, yeah, sure. Technically, they were close, but I don't if- think we're close. If we want to throw out culture, can we use the word resolve? Like they, to me, they built a thick layer of skin this year, dealing with all of the landmines that they had to uh, step around, jump over, climb through. Uh, It's a certain, again, now I don't know if it's going to carry over because the schedule is going to be even tougher than it already was. The division is likely to not be as bad, but resolve i think is a fair word right i mean they they had a certain grit and deterrent like a lot of these games ben i know you and i have both talked about it individually and together i mean they stunk in the first half in a lot of these games and yet and this was kind of similar sort of um to what happened on saturday night they weren't as good in the second half as they have been but they have been a second half team and and that kind of shows that you can overcome a lot of adversity I mean, so that's the thing that is like so confusing also about this team. Needless to say, Tampa Bay was a major step up in competition from what Washington has faced. If you look at what they have faced over the last seven weeks, right, the two teams that were considered the good teams, Pittsburgh and Seattle, okay, not discounting them. What, what, what happened there? Pittsburgh lost the game to Washington, proceeded to lose the next two. Mm-hmm. As it stands, you and I are talking on Sunday night. They're currently getting smoked by the Browns. Right. Guys, right. whatever's happened to Pittsburgh the, over the last seven weeks, it's not the team that was 11 and 0 mm-hmm. or whatever. Then you get Seattle, obviously a very good team, but like Seattle also faded over the course mm-hmm. of the second half of the season. They lose it in the first round of the playoffs to a Rams team that was having all kinds of quarterback issues. And then you look at Washington's other opponents in that stretch. Philly was a mess. You know, obviously they lost to Carolina, but not like McCarolina's a going, you know, went nowhere this year. San Francisco was on a backup quarterback who, who's really just not that good. Cincinnati was beating Washington, but then Joe Burrow gets hurt. So I still, to this day, it's been weeks. It's, you know, we went through 16 games plus the playoffs. And again, I've already said, I think they won the season. Right. By your by what they're talking about with resolve and all that. But in terms of actually being good at football, I still don't know because at points they looked statistically the defense was very good all year, but it felt like when the opponent wanted to do what it wanted to do, it didn't often hold up. And 
again, it's hard to look at the, the, the opponents over the course of the year and be like, wow, point to the time that they, the, the time or two that they went against a really good team in that moment, not just record wise, but in that moment. And it was different. Again, don't, 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 don't point it. Don't, don't point to that. I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but just in general, I see it's just still hard to grasp for me. <laughs> are they actually, were they actually good this year or was, you know, the Midland to, to not great record, you know, uh, I think a, a, a more fair reflection than I think people want to let on. Yeah, I don't, know five make, seven. I don't know if you agree with this. I and I don't know if this makes sense. I think they were a tougher team, a more mentally tougher team. Um, again, maybe a, a team with more resolve and resiliency than they were a better team, than they were a good team, if that makes sense, right? Like, like you can you can be tough and you can be a fighter and you can be successful in life or in professional football or in any sport, but not be that good and be better than ultimately your record or your talent level says you are. Is that fair? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think, you know, this was such, you know, obviously we're all going through the pandemic. The year was insane on a hundred levels and it felt like Washington's style almost played into that chaos on some weird level. Like they, like you said, Ron Rivera, I think the best thing they did was okay. now I'm using resolve too much. But now, but, but, you know, but, but now they're, yeah, yeah, they had that resolve. Right. You know, I mean, for me early on in the season, I don't remember, I'd have to double check my brain, which game it was, but it was very early in the season and we're all going up oh, because we're all looking at it conventionally. Like, well, they're going to they're start to lose games and all that. But pretty early on the players one by one, when we were talking to them over zoom, they don't have to, they're not going to say anything crazy because it's the nature of the interview, but they don't have to praise to the degree they did. Right. And they were, to a man constantly saying that they believe in Ron Rivera. He's a great communicator. And to me, that was the sign of, okay, regardless of what the record is, he is achieving what the goal. So um, yeah, I mean, they, and look, the defense did largely did a, a good job. You know, you can't, it's not their fault who the opponent is. They didn't play down to the opponent for the most part. They did a good job. Obviously the numbers reflect that they finished the regular season tied with Tampa Bay for the best second half differential in the league and the defense in general had was top 10 in numerous categories. So yeah, I think they took on the style of, of Rivera who obviously personally went through a lot this year and basically was like, look, no matter what happens, we're not giving up. And the players I think responded to that, which is awesome. Now we have to get the better talent and to keep that resolve. And now you have something. You used it again. Now that's good. Now that's going to be your crutch word, your crutch phrase. Ben Standing of the uh, Athletic with us, the, one of the original hosts, let's just put it that way, of this here podcast. Always great to have him back. It's been too long. Also, make sure you listen to his podcast, the Standing Room Only podcast, which he's doing a great job of. Uh, a lot of Washington football talk and obviously a little wizards and whatnot, rock and roll and whatnot, as his Twitter bio <laughs> says. I don't know why I find that so interesting, but I, I, I'm just fascinated by uh, that whole thing. Let me ask you this. You mentioned earlier in the show, you know, about the statistical ranking of their defense. Uh, I know a friend of ours, a colleague of ours, uh, Grant Paulson throws this word around. I mean, like he cannot say how, Again, enough how many times how great this defense is because of their ranking. I, ben, I, I must be missing something. Um, I know they've been real good, again, for the most part in the second half. Not so much on Saturday night. They did allow 13 points in the fourth quarter. There were different reasons for that. But they've been a great second-half team. I, I am not denying that. But the first halves also count, too. And when push comes to shove, I don't think they've been a great defense 
from start to finish in a lot of their games. Against Dallas, week seven, yes. You want to make an argument, Dallas Thanksgiving Day? Okay, but there were some spotty moments there in the first half. Does that... when you're evaluating a, a defense or a unit, are you a just look at the rankings and the stats kind of guy, or are you looking more at your gut and, and your eye and what your eyes are telling you? And what does your gut and eyes tell you about this defense? So I think this is a really interesting point here, right? Because uh, I, I see this all the time when you when you see national people talking about sports. Obviously, for a national person to talk about any team, whatever the sport you can't, they don't have time to, to really be as in-depth on any one team as you and I are with Washington or so other people are with whatever team they cover. So you have to rely on stats to some degree to help explain the story of the season. So for Washington, the story of the season is their defense is top 10 ranked defense and number one, number two, number three in various categories. Clearly their defense is good. But to your point, numerous times I've watched this team this year and thought to myself, eh, <laughs> the numbers yeah. do not do not live up to to, to the uh, point, there was a, uh, I don't know if you were on the Zoom call this one day, there was a point, uh, there was a stretch of games, like six, seven games in a row where like the run defense was just not stopping mm-hmm. people. And mm-hmm. I asked Jack Del Rio sort of a semi-softball question during his uh, weekly presser was about to sort of, I don't remember what it was, but something about looking back, like when you, at the beginning of the season, did you kind of picture, is this kind of where you thought you would be or something? And his, his response was, well, you know, I don't really, that's a look back question. I don't really like to do that. And for something triggered me in that moment, I was semi-annoyed and I came back, okay, well, if you don't want to talk about something in the past, how about this? You guys can't stop the run. What's the problem? And he was like, oh, okay. That's a little tough for sure. But yeah. like, yeah. And so like the fact that I thought that, and it was true by watching the games, they were giving up gobs of rushing yards week after week. Um, you know, I, I think there's something uh, to, to that. So, yeah, I mean, and look, the, the two big injuries this team had this year, essentially losing Landon Collins, losing Matt Ioannidis, are both on the defense. So that's that's a problem. The linebacker core was one of the weaker units on the team and never really uh, got got much better. So like that was an issue. And you know, again at safety, they lost not just Landon Collins, they lost DeShazer Everett, who I think the defense was getting a little bit better when, mm-hmm. when he was in there. So uh, all that. I mean, again, all that said. The promise is still very good because of that defensive line. Obviously, Chase Young was pretty much a monster this year in each of the four guys up on the line, uh, the four starters at various points had, you know, moments where if you took that one game, that one series, put it in the Pro Bowl reel, you'd be like, oh, sure, he's worthy of that. So that's good. They just have to now fix, the, uh, tweak the back seven. But yes, I, I feel it's a bit overstated to say that these guys were some dynamo defense right. this year. Uh, yeah. And I'm right there with you. Everything you just said, I'll second. I mean, they are a good defense. Are they a lights-out defense? Are they a great defense? I don't think so. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like you uh, feel the same. Um, before we run out of time, I wanted to ask you, you know, we, we had final media availability and coach availability at least for a little while. And who knows what's going to happen with the combine and all that stuff with Ron and the players. Uh, and Ron strongly indicated that, you know, he's got a plan at already at quarterback and GM. Let's take the quarterback first uh, and that he's going to go to uh, Dan Snyder and tell him how it's going to, you know, what he wants to do. Uh, and I assume Dan would say, yes, Ron. Okay. Yes. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Um, is that how you kind of envision it? And, and if you were Ben Rivera, what would you tell Dan Snyder about the quarterback first? Um, well, I, 
look, I give I give Ron Rivera this. He's been pretty candid and straightforward, and he doesn't, you know, he 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 rarely ever gives us some sort of like weak answer. The way I've dealt with other coaches, they give you an answer I'm like, really, that's your that's your response. Like he he even if when he makes mistakes, in right. terms of like, well, I tried something in the game, but didn't work. Yep. The two point conversion, yeah, you know, against the Giants is like the most obvious one. He's like, hey, look, we played to win. Whatever it didn't work, but I'm not backing down of my decision. So it perfect, like- perfect, perfect case in point. Just real quick, let me jump in. Is Saturday night when they short, tried that little pooch onside kick, whatever it was, and he tried to describe it, and he described it well, and they had a reason why they did it. I, I forget exactly what the deal was, uh, but but they saw something, they tried something. And they gambled and they lost and it backfired on them, quite honestly. But he at least took the time to explain it and give details on why, you know, j- just to jump in on that. Sorry, go ahead. I just wanted to make sure that, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think he you. just, I don't know if you remember if he gave a specific reason. I think he just said he, they saw something that they liked, but the, yeah, the kick just wasn't um, what, what they wanted. So it's, it felt to me like he was basically saying, this is my plan. They're not telling us the plan. My plan, I'm going to go tell the owner and we'll have a conversation, but felt pretty confident. And it wasn't like he's been called to the principal's office. No, it's the other way around. You know, he's going, he's okay. Here's what we're doing. And, and with Dan Snyder's current situation with court battles and things like that, and the you know, NFL looking at stuff, this is the perfect opportunity, I think, to get the owner to, to bend as you wish, if, if you need him to bend. So in terms of the quarterback specifically, look, I, I think it's a pretty fascinating one. I mean, he clearly likes Kyle Allen. He made it. He said the other day that he thought they could have had the same success they had late in the season with him versus Alex Smith. I don't necessarily know that he puts Tyler Henneke in the same role or the same level, but obviously there's reason to buy into it if you want to, based on what just happened. And he already had it before, so he had some sense perhaps of what could happen. Mm-hmm. And then Alex Smith is obviously the ultimate like leader and inspirational guy. I don't know what he's going to say though. To be honest on this, he may say. My quarterback's on the roster, and we still may draft somebody. But you may say, I don't personally think that. I, I think they've got two guys who are interesting potential backups. Or if you draft a first-round rookie, maybe you could say with Kyle Allen, he's my stopgap until I think the rookie is ready. But I, I'm not actually sure what he says on that because, to me, I, I guess the real question is, does he look at the defense and think, we add a better linebacker, and Landon Collins comes back just to make it simple – uh, and we keep Ronald Darby, right? Uh, we do that with that defense. We you have a legitimate top five defense statistically and actually, yeah. <laughs> and therefore let me go get the best quarterback I can right now. The Philly is kind of messy right now. The, you know the Giants still have qu- their, their own quarterback questions. And well, we'll assume Dak Prescott stays in Dallas, but who knows? Like, go make that move now. So that's what I'm not sure. Does he think Kyle Allen can be that guy, or or does he think I actually have to go out and get the other, uh, the more veteran type? The, the, that's what I'm not sure. But I think he's going to go tell Dan, Dan Snyder whatever the plan is. This is my plan. Uh, you know, get on board. Yeah, and and it's fascinating because if you go out and get a different veteran other than Alex Smith, is, is it is it Cam Newton? Is it Mitch Trubisky, who's a free agent and he liked coming out of North Carolina? Is it a trade for Carson Wentz, which wouldn't make a whole lot of sense, but you know, I I mean, there's so many, is it a a guy like Matthew Stafford? Is it a old 39 year old, like Philip Rivers, you know, who he uh, worked with in San Diego? I mean, there's so many questions just 
in that component alone, right, the veteran quarterback presence outside of Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke, uh, and the draft pick. Before we run out of time, Ben Standig with us, the Standig Room Only podcast, and make sure you check him out on The Athletic. Does a tremendous job uh, covering the Washington football team, also a lot of Wizards coverage as well. Uh, So make sure you check him out and follow him on Twitter if you're not already doing so, and you should be at Ben Standig. Um, How would you, if you're Ron, handle the GM situation and um, if they were to lose now that the season's over Kyle Smith to some other organization how big of a blow is that if you're adding a GM Uh, first of all apologies my phone just started talking Um, I um, so one one thing I'll just say sort of broadly um, I don't know how you feel about this, but like, you know, it's, you know, we're in this time of the year where like all these assistant coaches are in mix for coaching jobs and all these uh, personnel people are in mix for GM jobs. And you hear all these reports about, oh, this guy is, uh, this guy should be the, you know, oh, this guy's a great up and coming person. And like, you know, Nick Casario just goes to Houston and oh, right. Bill Belichick. On the, who, who the hell knows? No, yeah. no, none of these people have a clue. I mean, like we could assess Marty Herney or a Martin Mayhew because they actually held the job of general right. manager, right? So uh, my point on that would be if Ron Rivera wants a full-throated general manager, I mean, one question I asked him today was at, at the exit interview was like basically now that you had the coaching job and then some, how was that? And he basically said that it was, it was tiring, exhausting, it was a lot to do. I would imagine it is, you know, when I went, when I invoked the name Bruce, Bruce Allen, don't, 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 don't freak out people, but they never actually replaced Bruce Allen. Right. I mean, technically, yes, Jason Wright, but Jason Wright's on the other side of the building on the football side, they're right. actually one person down from right. where they were before. So just from that perspective, I think they could add somebody. And this is what I, I talked about this a lot the other day on, on my podcast. Um, Cause I did had some reporting on this in ter- terms of the idea of, they haven't, while all the reporting is out there that like all oh, these, a bunch of these names in the mix for the job, we don't even know technically he's hiring anybody or right. he's hiring a general manager, or if he is hiring a general manager by title, what does that title mean? Again, somebody who's just going to do everything the way like John Schneider does in Seattle. Is it more of just like a GM, but you're just dealing with the admin stuff. Is it a GM? Like he's, but you're really just in charge. You're in charge of personnel. Is it somebody who exists, but Kyle Smith stays. So I, I think that is, I'm not, I, I think that is why this all the speculation is sort of tough to imagine. Now, to your point of like, what, what do I think with Kyle Smith? Look, I think he's done a pretty good job. And, you know, the, the drafts have been spotty, but, it, but, the, but is that all him? He didn't, I think we all believe he didn't pick Dwayne Haskins. Right. right. Um, you know, uh, I don't believe, well, I'm not positive. I don't believe, for example, that he was picking Bryce Love. I think Bruce Allen was pushing that, was pushing that one. So, uh, you know, you can't always take the pick and say, well, he he did X, whatever. But simultaneously, this year he was in overall, seeing overall personnel, and they did really well in free agency. Um, you know, I know Ron Rivera has mentioned some of his assistant coaches helped sort of identify some players like, like yep. Logan Thomas. Yep. But how do you get, like, how do you get the players in front of these coaches? Somebody in the personnel department is determining that. So it's interesting. I, I've already lost track of the question you asked me because I keep talking. I'll say this. I think they do need to hire somebody else mm-hmm. simply for, to have another body. And I don't know enough about Kyle Smith's sort of executive experience 
can he he doesn't really have much right right I mean, his, his dad obviously has taught him well but i mean there's nothing like a substitute for pure business and and that's what i wonder because i i mean i know there's some frustration there from you know from uh being in this organization for a long time for kyle right and, and where this is all heading and and is this just a one-year kind of stopgap or you know in terms of like the good karma is are things going to go back to being ca- just chaos next year we don't know you know and if, if Ron is not willing to promote him to GM or even an assistant GM title, um, the question then becomes, is somebody else willing to, you know? And then if you lose him, I think you have a replacement in Eric Stokes, but you still, like you said, you're already short. You've got to bring in at least one guy. Um, maybe it's Marty Herney. Maybe it's Joe Shane. Maybe it's uh, Martin Mayhew. Maybe it's Ryan Cowden in Tennessee. I mean, there's four guys that we just listed there you know, that are potential really good additions to this organization. Uh, and maybe somehow you can get two. I don't know. Uh, like to me, I, you know, if I'm going to lose Kyle Smith, I want two of those four guys that I just mentioned. Right. Right. I mean, I think that, I think that's fair. And I guess, um, you know, I, I don't have any sense that Ron Rivera and Kyle Smith have any issue. I mean, I think they both talked about how well they, they, they did, they got along back in the off season when it was, you know, free agency of the draft. Um, you know, once the draft ended, Kyle Smith kind of <laughs> went with his protection program. Right. We haven't heard from him since. So, you know, it's hard to know exactly that relationship. But again, just from what I've heard, I have not heard anything negative. But when you listen to Rivera talk about the situation, again, this is our our only hope. Our only our job in part is to try to interpret what right. he's saying. That's a combination of the words, the mood, the tone, the vibe. And since we don't have anything but Zoom, it's more challenging. I haven't gotten the I haven't gotten the warm fuzzies listening yeah. to him talk about Kyle and I, and and based on his track record of hiring every single person he's ever worked with in Carolina, <laughs> you know the Marty Herney hire would make sense. Right. Although I wonder if that one's maybe more of that executive type, and maybe there is a room there where Kyle Smith could still be in charge of personnel, and Marty's more of something else, so, you know, another person for Rivera to talk to. Maybe that's possible. Um, but you mentioned some of the other guys, Ryan Cowden, Joe Shane. These are people who were also with Carolina who are considered, again, the considered air quotes to be uh, interesting uh, future GMs. I'm not saying they, they aren't or worthy. I'm just saying, I, I don't know. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think they, I think they hire one other person, but what that role is, I, I think is really fascinating. And I will just say this from a personnel perspective, they had a pretty good year, right? The, the draft, you know, Chase Young, Antonio Gibson, Cam Curl, just to go with that, and the, and the free agents, like really, other than like Sean Davis, like they like the, right. all of them were really good, right? So based on that, if you're Ron Rivera, why do you want to like? Why are you taking yourself out of the equation? Yeah, he's got to feel like he was whatever he did worked. So why is he taking a lesser role? Unless for the health reasons type stuff, he was like, ah, oh, this is just too much for me physically. I just couldn't do it. Right. Um, really good insight there from Ben Standig. Uh, the Athletic is where you can check out his written work. Um, make sure you get your subscription to The Athletic and check out Ben's coverage of the Washington football team and beyond. Also, the Standig Room Only podcast. Make sure you check it out. And Twitter at Ben Standig. Thank you, my friend. Great to have you back on with us. I know it's been a long season for all of us, but. Um, uh, you know, um, 
it's always good to see you. Always good to talk some football with you and uh, get your insight and analysis. And you're doing tremendous work over at, at The Athletic. Chris, always good to see you. Uh, I don't know when I'll see you in person again, but hopefully sooner than later. And uh, always appreciate it, man. My guy, Ben Standig with us here on the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. All right, once again, that is part one of my conversation with Ben Standig of the Standing Room Only podcast. You can hear me with Ben on his podcast, so go check that out uh, that we recorded on Sunday night as we did that particular conversation. Part two, straight ahead right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Good to have you with us. All right, it is Chris Russell with you for rockauto.com. Rock Auto is the place to go, guys. If you need parts for your car or truck, any part, anytime, anywhere, Rock Auto can get you what you need. Foreign or domestic, old or new, you need vanity, you need a major part, a fuel pump, a water pump, whatever it might be. If you go to those big auto parts superstores, you're going to pay for their rent, for their facility build, for all of the overhead that they have, the fancy lights, all the employees. Here's the deal. At rockauto.com, they're a family business. They're serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. And if you go, they're, you're not paying for the overhead that those other big advanced auto parts and auto parts superstores uh, like to have and have. So you're going to get a better price. You're going to get a better service and a better experience. The catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate, see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you go to rockauto.com, right locked on in there, how did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. Check them out. Rockauto.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys, 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast, including this one. And away we go. We'll finish it up with Ben Standig of The Athletic and the Standig Room Only podcast right here, right now on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. You go out and get a different veteran other than Alex Smith. Is it, is it Cam Newton? Is it Mitch Trubisky, who's a free agent and he liked coming out of North Carolina? Is it a trade for Carson Wentz, which wouldn't make a whole lot of sense? But, you know, I, I mean, there's so many. Is it a, a guy like Matthew Stafford? Is it a old 39-year-old like Philip Rivers, you know, who he uh, worked with in San Diego? I mean, there's so many questions just – 
in that component alone, right, the veteran quarterback presence outside of Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke, uh, and the draft pick. Before we run out of time, Ben Standing with us, the Standing Room Only podcast, and make sure you check him out on The Athletic. Does a tremendous job uh, covering the Washington football team, also a lot of Wizards coverage as well. Uh, So make sure you check him out and follow him on Twitter if you're not already doing so, and you should be at Ben Standing. Um, How would you, if you're Ron, handle the GM situation and um, if they were to lose now that the season's over Kyle Smith to some other organization how big of a blow is that if you're adding a GM Uh, first of all apologies my phone just started talking Um, I um, so one one thing I'll just say sort of broadly um, I don't know how you feel about this, but like, you know, it's, you know, we're in this time of the year where like all these assistant coaches are in mix for coaching jobs and all these uh, personnel people are in mix for GM jobs. And you hear all these reports about, oh, this guy is, uh, this guy should be the, you know, oh, this guy's a great up and coming person. And like, you know, Nick Casario just goes to Houston and oh, right. Bill Belichick. Like, who, who the hell knows? No, yeah. no, none of these people have a clue. I mean, like we could assess Marty Herney or a Martin Mayhew because they actually held the job of general right. manager, right? So uh, my point on that would be if Ron Rivera wants a full-throated general manager, I mean, one question I asked him today was at, at the exit interview was like basically now that you had the coaching job and then some, how was that? And he basically said that it was, it was tiring, exhausting, it was a lot to do. I would imagine it is, you know, when I when I invoke the name Bruce, Bruce Allen, don't, 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 don't freak out people, but they never actually replaced Bruce Allen. Right. I mean, technically, yes, Jason Wright, but Jason Wright's on the other side of the building. On the football side, they're right. actually one person down from right. where they were before. So just from that perspective, I think they could add somebody. And this is what I, I talked about this a lot the other day on, on my podcast, because um, I did had some reporting on this in terms of the idea of. They haven't, while all the reporting is out there that like all these, a bunch of these names in the mix for the job, we don't even know technically he's hiring anybody or he's hiring a general manager, or if he is hiring a general manager by title, what does that title mean? Again, somebody who's just going to do everything the way like John Schneider does in Seattle. Is it more of just like a GM, but you're just dealing with the admin stuff. Is it a GM like he's, but you're really just in charge, you're in charge of personnel. Is it somebody who exists, but Kyle Smith stays? So I, I think that is, I'm not, I, I think that is why this all the speculation is sort of tough to imagine. Now, to your point of like, what, what do I think with Kyle Smith? Look, I think he's done a pretty good job. And, you know, th- the drafts have been spotty, but, it, but, the, but is that all him? He didn't, I think we all believe he didn't pick Dwayne Haskins. Right. right. Um, you know, uh, I don't, be- well, I'm not positive. I don't believe, for example, that he was picking Bryce Love. I think Bruce Allen was pushing that, was pushing that one. So, uh, you know, you can't always take the pick and say, well, he he did X, whatever. But simultaneously, this year he was in overall, seeing overall personnel, and they did really well in free agency. Um, you know, I know Ron Rivera has mentioned some of his assistant coaches helped sort of identify some players like, like yep. Logan Thomas. Yep. But how do you get, like, how do you get the players in front of these coaches? Somebody in the personnel department is determining that. So it's interesting. I, I've already lost track of the question you asked me because I keep talking. I'll say this. I think they do need to hire somebody else mm-hmm. simply for to have another body. And I don't know enough about Kyle Smith's sort of executive experience. 
can he he doesn't really have much right right i mean his his dad obviously has taught him well but i mean there's nothing like a substitute for pure business and and that's what i wonder because i i mean i know there's some frustration there from you know from uh being in this organization for a long time for kyle right and and where this is all heading and and is this just a one-year kind of stopgap or you know in terms of like the good karma is are things going to go back to being just chaos next year we don't know you know and if, if Ron is not willing to promote him to GM or even an assistant GM title, um, the question then becomes, is somebody else willing to, you know? And then if you lose him, I think you have a replacement in Eric Stokes, but you still, like you said, you're already short and you've got to bring in at least one guy. Um, maybe it's Marty Herney. Maybe it's Joe Shane. Maybe it's uh, Martin Mayhew. Maybe it's Ryan Cowden in Tennessee. I mean, there's four guys that we just listed there you know, that are potential really good additions to this organization. Uh, and maybe somehow you can get two. I don't know. Uh, like to me, I, you know, if I'm going to lose Kyle Smith, I want two of those four guys that I just mentioned. Right. Right. I mean, I think that, I think that's fair. And I guess, um, you know, I, I don't have any sense that Ron Rivera and Kyle Smith have any issue. I mean, I think they both talked about how well they, they, they did. They got along back in the off season when it was, you know, free agency in the draft. Um, you know, once the draft ended, Kyle Smith kind of <laughs> went with his protection program. Right. We haven't heard from him since. So, you know, it's hard to know exactly that relationship. But again, just from what I've heard, I have not heard anything negative. But when you listen to Rivera talk about the situation, again, this is our our only hope. Our only our job in part is to try to interpret what right. he's saying. That's a combination of the words, the mood, the tone, the vibe. And since we don't have anything but Zoom, it's more challenging. I haven't gotten the I haven't gotten the warm fuzzies listening yeah. to him talk about Kyle and I, and and based on his track record of hiring every single person he's ever worked with in Carolina, <laughs> you know the Marty Herney hire would make sense. Right. Although I wonder if that one's maybe more of that executive type, and maybe there is a room there where Kyle Smith could still be in charge of personnel, and Marty's more something else, you know, another person for Rivera to talk to. Maybe that's possible. Um, but you mentioned some of the other guys, Ryan Cowden, Joe Shane. These are people who were also with Carolina who are considered, again, the considered air quotes to be uh, interesting uh, future GMs. I'm not saying they, they aren't or worthy. I'm just saying, I, I don't know. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think they, I think they hire one other person, but what that role is, I, I think is really fascinating. And I will just say this from a personnel perspective, they had a pretty good year, right? The, the draft, you know, Chase Young, Antonio Gibson, Cam Curl, just to go with that, and the and the free agents, like really, other than like Sean Davis, like they like the, right. all of them were really good, right? So based on that, if you're Ron Rivera, why do you want to like why are you taking yourself out of the equation? Yeah, he's got to feel like he was whatever he did work. So why is he taking a lesser role? Unless for the health reasons type stuff, he was like, ah, oh, this is just too much for me physically. I just couldn't do it. Right. Um, Really good insight there from Ben Standig. Uh, The Athletic is where you can check out his written work. Um, Make sure you get your subscription to The Athletic and check out Ben's coverage of the Washington football team and beyond. Also, the Standig Room Only podcast. Make sure you check it out. And Twitter at Ben Standig. Thank you, my friend. Great to have you back on with us. I know it's been a long season for all of us, but... um, uh, you know, um, 
it's always good to see you. Always good to talk some football with you and uh, get your insight and analysis. And you're doing tremendous work over at, at The Athletic. Chris, always good to see you. Uh, I don't know when I'll see you in person again, but hopefully sooner than later. And uh, always appreciate it, man. All right, and that's going to do it for us today. Thanks to, again, Ben Standing of The Athletic and the Standing Room Only podcast. Thanks to you for listening. I'm Chris Russell. Have yourself a great day. Back soon with another episode. There is no off-season on this here podcast. I can tell you that much. But we are here to try and entertain the you-know-what out of you. Stay with us, and thanks for downloading. Adios. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.